When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, here we go, Polly Howard, Matt Humans. I'm exhausted, and we still have another playoff game tonight. This is fantastic. Welcome in, follow the money, Michael Lombardi, Aaron Running to talk about the ML. K-Day card in the NBA and the legend Jimmy Vaccaro, legendary bookmaker, the three guests today. What a lineup. Oh, my God. Good lineup. A playoff game. First time ever. Monday night football. Manning cast. Five games. We had a couple blowouts, and we still, I can't believe it. The NFL knows what they're doing. Give me more games. I can't, what a weekend it was. I love the expanded playoffs. Two games Saturday, three Sunday, one Monday. I can't think of a better format. It's great for betters, great for bookmakers. I don't want to hear any complaints that the expanded playoffs dilute things and that certain teams shouldn't be in the field. Right. More meaningful games is better for all of us. Yes, well said. Well said. Uh, the, well, the, we have to start with the Dallas finish. Uh, you said it all week. There's no home field advantage. It's a corporate spectacle. That's 11 straight playoff appearances without a trip to a conference title game for the Cowboys. Seven points going into the fourth quarter. All the mistakes, the penalties. McCarthy was in rare form. Jimmy G kept it interesting with a horrible interception late, but uh, a, a rough, rough sequence for Kellen Moore, rough sequence for McCarthy, and again the Cowboys can't get it done at home. They've been horrible ATS in the playoffs, as you mentioned. You had the 49ers, and the Cowboys go out. What a, that that I can't. It was it was both teams trying to give the game away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't know where you start with the d- demise of the Dallas Cowboys. I guess you start with the head coach because Mike McCarthy, yeah, that was part of the handicap, right? Kyle Shanahan was going to coach a better game right. than McCarthy. And you can't pin all the blame on that donkey because McCarthy, is <laughs> everything falls on his shoulders ultimately, but there are other people to point the blame at too. How about Zeke Elliott? He's, does he look like he's done mm-hmm. or what? You don't get much out of Zeke Elliott. Kellen Moore, he's auditioning for a head coaching job. He called a... Poor game yesterday. Dak Prescott played a poor game yesterday. Uh, how about the penalties? I think this, we'll talk with uh, Michael Lombardi next hour. I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about the Cowboys and uh, this latest choke job. But, Paul, an undisciplined team like the Cowboys, when you see it, you have to blame the head coach because these are things, these habits have to be coached. Rick Gosselin, who covers the Cowboys, tweeted this. There have been 276 games counting the playoffs this season. Mm-hmm. Only four teams were assessed 14 penalties a game. Twice it was the Cowboys. Yesterday, 14 penalties for 89 yards. Uh, Mike McCarthy's got to take the majority of the blame for that. And Kellen Moore has to take a lot of blame, too, because even though we tout him as a hot head coaching prospect, he had a bad day. Yes. 
Uh, the as Peter King wrote today, that is a Joe Judge type play oh, call there wow. at the end. What do you, and McCarthy? What an insult. Yeah, McCarthy had to heads uh, had to okay it in the headset, sign off on it after Moore called it in, and then you think then they're blaming the officials afterwards. It's like, well, he defended the call, but it's also risk reward. They why well, don't want to throw a hail mary? Well, they were giving you the sideline routes and dumping the ball off. Yeah. You could have done that too, which they were giving giving it to you. What's the process there? Kellen Moore calls in the running play. And McCarthy goes, okay. <laughs> that is the, right. I'll go with the yes. The other, yeah, the yeah, other tweet, okay. the yeah. other tweet from Gosselin, who's covered the league for 40 years. There have been 28 teams in NFL history that have scored 500 points, all made the playoffs. Only two were eliminated in the wild card round. This year's Dallas team and the 2000 St. Louis Rams. Everyone said it down the stretch. They didn't want to hear about it. Dak dismissed it. He was in a slump, and it continued. The 49ers are in total control in that fourth quarter, and then all hell breaks loose. Number one, Garoppolo misses Ayuk wide open would have iced the game. Yes. Big play. Number two, how do you fall for the fake? How does the fake punt work there? Now, we said Fossil's terrific, and he did. But the 49ers aren't ready for the fake punt? Right. Of course they're going to run that there in this situation. I couldn't believe the Cowboys were going to punt. And that's why that's another, another call. When, when you're on the Niners' sideline, you have to be in a fake punt sort of protection. Hey, we got to guard against this. There's no way these clowns are going to punt, are they? Anyway, and the Cowboys managed to screw that up, too, mm-hmm. because they kept their punt team on the field trying, right, to, draw, yes. trying to force the Niners to scramble amid confusion and use a timeout, and it didn't work, and then the Cowboys got to delay a game penalty. Mm-hmm. So even that, they found a way to screw up. And I do think <laughs> the best coach, um, you know, one of the best coaches the Cowboys have in their staff is John Fossil, the uh, special teams coach. He, he does a really good job. But you have to wonder at this point, uh, is Kellen Moore still a head coaching candidate? Mm-hmm. And uh, what should the Cowboys do with Mike McCarthy? You never would have hired him in the first place. No, no I wouldn't way. have hired him. I know Michael Lombardi wouldn't no. have hired him. Let's ask Lombardi next hour yep. what the Cowboys do next because I think you have to make a change at head coach if you're going to move forward. It's not really a lack of talent. Uh, the Cowboys have enough talent to get there. Oh, absolutely. It Great. starts at the top. Yep, yep. Silly penalties. They asked Jerry Jones about it after the game. Would he make a coaching change? He said that's not on the table. How about trying to fe- the trying the field goal down 16 in the fourth quarter? Not only do you kick the field goal, it's a 51-yard field goal. Now, you got lucky because then Garoppolo threw the interception. But that was just, as Chris Felica said, that's the McCarthy masterpiece yeah. where the fake punt, then you try to get the delay a game. I don't know what you're doing there. Uh, he kicks the field goal from 51 yards on fourth and seven. Uh, and then, you know, Shanahan also is like, are you new here? It's like, what do you think? Run the ball and then punt. Number one, they can't move it on you. Number two, they can't stop your running game. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have Garoppolo, who's turnover prone, and he throws the horrendous interception. They almost had the uh, the fumble on Kittle. Yeah. Thank God the ball hit the ground. Right. But Shan had some crazy moments. And then Garoppolo also had the bonehead decision where he didn't wait for Trent Williams to get set. That game's over, fourth and inches. But you have the penalty, and then Dallas had no business getting the ball back, and they did. The 49ers go soft. He's like, well, this is going to come down to a Hail Mary now. No, you're right about that because uh, the Cowboys, if they had pulled that out, that would have been one of the miracle finishes in NFL history. It never should have happened. Shanahan did not coach a flawless game. Jimmy G did not play one. And uh, you talked about it last week. If Jimmy G can avoid throwing an interception, yes. the Niners should be in good shape. They're 7-0 and when he doesn't throw a pick. And, of course, he made a mistake. I don't think if you handicap San Francisco at this point, you can't expect Jimmy G to play four flawless quarters. It's not going to happen. you got to hope his three-quarters – of good play overcomes his one bad quarter or his one big mistake. 
And I really think what uh, Kyle Shanahan did best yesterday, that first drive of the game was a masterpiece, and that set the tone oh, beautiful for the yep. afternoon. It was the scripted plays. They go right down the field and score, and that set the tone for the whole afternoon. And the 49ers kind of rode their own coattails of that first drive the rest of the day because if you look at it, Paul, it was mostly field goals after that. Yes. Well, all, all season we said this. He, he's, a good, he's a good coach, and this team has so much talent that you don't want to see this team in the playoffs. And then now they can, can they go to L.A. win, go to Dallas win, and now go to Lambeau. But with that running game. Boy, that's a tough back-to-back-to-back. To back to and they might have to go to Tampa. If they, if they win, they might have to go to Tampa in order to get to the Super Bowl. But this was a team that could win the Super Bowl because they had so much talent, even in spite of Jimmy G turning the ball over. But you, now you don't have you, the injury to Bosa, the status of Warner. That was big. Mm-hmm. That, that could be uh, huge going moving forward against Green Bay. But you just it's an embarrassment of riches. Oh, here comes Mitchell. Here comes Samuel. Here comes Kittle. I mean, who do you slow down? Ayuk. There's so many guys here. They can beat you, and they have a solid team. Yeah, and their uh, most dynamic that, players, Debo Samuel. You can do so much with you Debo. Can. He makes them a, a much more dynamic offense. And uh, that's why I do. I've always felt like the Niners are a dangerous team. I liked them in Week 18 against the Rams, and uh, I liked them against the Cowboys. Now I have some questions uh, this week with uh, the Niners going to Green Bay because mm-hmm. on that defense, you mentioned it, Paul. you got to have Nick Boza. you got to have Warner. Those are two of your best defensive players. Boza's going to go into concussion protocol this week. Warner's got the ankle that's going to be tested. Uh, that'll be important for the Niners to get both those guys back on the field at Lambeau. When you did your fast food rankings last summer, you compared Taco Bell to the Cowboys. It yeah. used to be great and a long, a long time yeah, that's ago. That's right. That's but right. Did, Good memory by yeah. you. Yeah. But well, it's also it's also starts at the top with the organization. Did you see all the guys ripping the officials after the game and mm-hmm. saying that's a big reason why we the Gregory hold. Unacceptable. Or, the, was, the Parson jumping off side. That was a good call, by yes. the way, and, and an inexplicable penalty, as Jim Nance described it. Huge. Why would a defensive lineman steer Russell an offensive lineman to the ground in that scenario? That's uh, hard to explain. But, the, you know, the jumping off sides. It was a good call, the jumping off sides. Right. Yep. Yep. First of all, you can't blame the refs in a situation like this because those 14 penalties, most of them were justified calls. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the end, you're in a situation of desperation because of how poorly you played for three and a half quarters, essentially. And you can't pin it on the refs because they met, they screwed up a little bit at the end of the game. You screwed up for three and a half quarters and put yourself in that position. Yes. I do. Yes. I do want to ask you, why was the umpire 20 yards behind the play when Dak mm-hmm. scrambled for 17 yards and then threw the ball down? First of all, Dak's got to know to hand the ball to a ref. He's a veteran quarterback. He can't just throw the ball on the ground. He got to go hand it to the ref and speed up the process. But why was the umpire twenty yards behind the play? They defended the process afterwards, and uh, but that's I get you have to know that too. I mean that's I know. Well, who thinks they're going to run that play there? That's lunacy. What you're going to do? You don't have time. When he when he, when he slid, there was 13, 12 seconds left. You out of your mind? I, well, that's the other thing too. Blaming the officials. He had seven points in the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, afterwards. They, people thought fans were throwing debris at the players. They told Dak, no, they were thrown at the officials. He said, give them credit. And then Parsons says, well, there's just bias against us. Yeah, like the league didn't oh, want on. league didn't want Dallas going on the road and taking on Tom Brady. But it, I mean, it would, but, would have been a ratings bonanza. <laughs> give me a break. But again, 11 straight playoff appearances without a trip to a conference title game. One and done in seven of those last 11. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. That was pathetic. Ridiculous. Pathetic playoff performances by the Cowboys, and this goes back 25 years without yep. a Super Bowl. And where do you look? You have to look at ownership. You have to look at the coaches you've hired. The best coach the Cowboys have had since they won a Super Bowl was Bill Parcells. 
Uh, but other than Parcells, they've had a lot of really, I think, below average head coaches. The first hour of Follow the Money, presented exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown book. Check out their daily specials at betrivers.com. And so many props that cashed and big tickets and everything to recap we'll get to in half an hour and over 250 different ways to bet the Monday night game coming up tonight as well with Arizona and the Rams. Up next, we recap everything. The controversy in Cincinnati. Boger's crew done, finished, finito, and a stat about Carr you will not believe coming up on Follow the Money. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. You can combine same game parlays from different games. You have even more ways to make your perfect combo. Download the app or go to betrivers.com today. Explore the new ways you can create your ideal combo. You got to be 21. Playable in Jersey is play Sugarhouse, baby. While there are numerous people going into the early game Saturday that said, I can't believe Boger's crew. You got an, a playoff assignment, and there's trouble here, Sherry, as Harry Carey used to say. And that you could hear the whistle live. What a play's going on. Then they lie afterwards about, yeah. no, he already caught the touchdown. Guess what? It finishes a seven-point decision as well, that controversy, because several Raiders stopped playing once they heard the whistle. Yeah. Incredible. And then the, the, the Renfro catch, not a catch. Obviously, he didn't have it. Taylor has to challenge that. The, guy, the official's standing right there. Absurd that they got to play. And as Adam Schefter tweeted, I mean, definitely lose some. All right, that's it. That's one and done. Boger's crew won't have an assignment for the rest of the playoffs. But the controversy there in a tight game and a fantastic finish to start on Saturday, Dynamite. But that crew stunk. 
horrendous. The entire game uh, stunk, except for the uh, the finish. Really, for the most part, if if you didn't know any better, you would have thought you were watching preseason football. That that was a playoff game that looked a lot like a preseason game, and I'm going to blame the officials for a lot of that because flag fest. I thought that was one of the worst officiated mm-hmm. games I watched the entire year, and it's tough for mm-hmm. uh, the teams to get in the rhythm too when you got the officials out there screwing up the entire uh, pace of the play. And I heard the whistle live, and I thought initially when I heard the whistle, oh, Burrow must have stepped out of bounds. Yeah. And you watch the replay, he wasn't even close to stepping yeah. out of bounds right. before he threw the pass, so uh-huh. why was the whistle blown? What's worse, Paul, the cover-up or the crime, because uh, you're, you're going to make mistakes, but don't lie about it. And then the NFL lies about it afterwards. Well, the the whistle was after he made the touchdown catch. No. Yep. Everybody in the world heard the whistle. Yep. I, I got to call it straight. Long before the TD pass yep. uh, was connected. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, well said, Matt. And the other thing, I got to give Tariko and Drew Brees a D minus at best. I mean, you might want to mention that. Like they ignored it for five, ten minutes and then came back and right. said, oh, by the way, might have been a whistle. Yeah. And then they, and it's like, and, and the rule is the, the play is dead. Once it's an inadvertent whistle, the play's dead. Then you can, you can replay it too. So as awkward as that would have been, that's the right call and you have to do it. And I also uh, don't like that the Raiders. Some of the Raiders players are making excuses about that because even if you hear the whistle, keep playing. Why would you stop? you got, you got to finish the play. Uh-huh. How does that game stay under? Eight field goals. Yeah, the first Eight half. Eight field goals. How about the first half goes over? Yeah. Uh-huh. First half goes over, and uh, we were catching some crap on Twitter about that because we were talking about the first half under. Uh, but, hey, it, it was a fluke that that game went over in the first half and stayed under uh, for the entire game. Mm-hmm. It was just, yep, know, right church, wrong pew. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that had everything. And, of course, never in doubt, Carr throws the interception. We had it the whole way, Matt. But that whole, again, you cannot, you cannot. How about that? that here, here's where I got uh-huh. bad, and we'll play Carr coming up in a second. You cannot spike the ball on first down. You have 30 seconds left. You can't waste a down. That's ridiculous. Oh, and then on fourth down, they throw it short. Even if it's caught, you're not going to get in the end zone. Then to show you how egregious the decision was, to spike it on first down, Cincinnati took over. There was still 12 seconds left on the clock, and they took the knee. That's how bad that was. They had plenty yeah, of time to run several plays there, and they the decision to give away a down, huge. And, and, and then the double down and throw it short of the goal line on fourth down, that was Raider football. That was Raider football, and that was a, a, a tough way to go out. But I think this would be a mistake, too. And I'll see get your thoughts on this in, in two seconds, Matt. Here's Carr after the game saying, absolutely, we have to bring Basaccia back. He's the guy. I think we can all think that he's the right guy. Not just one player, not just one side, but everybody, you know. Um, He's proven, uh, you know, that he he, people listen to him. And not just people, but our team listens to him. Uh, You know, and I I love him so much. I'm thankful for him. all of those things will be decisions that I don't I don't make I don't get to make you know I just play quarterback and uh, do my best to complete every pass um, but I think that with everything that went on if you really look at what happened all all the pieces missing um, everything that changed everything yeah he held it together you know. what do you think well first of all what you said about Derek Carr is true and I, I was going berserk when he spiked the ball on first down oh God. And, you know, I was kind of in the camp with Brent Musburger before the season that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, I think he's a fringe. I thought going into the season he's a fringe top ten quarterback. 
you saw at the end of that game why Derek Carr is not an elite quarterback in the NFL. You can't continuously run the play clock down under five seconds when you're in a hurry-up format like the Raiders were mm-hmm. at the end of that game. There's no way you can spike the ball on first down. You can't waste a play at the end of the game like that. And then on fourth down, his favorite target, Darren Waller, is running out into the flat, and he throws in the double coverage short of the end zone. Yep. That's a terrible decision. When your season's on the line, you can't have a quarterback making bad decisions like that. That's why he's not elite. Now, of course, he's going to back up his coach here and say, that's the guy, that's the guy who should be. Uh, the coach are all going to stick together. They're in the same camp. Um, no, I think the Raiders need to do a thorough coaching search and find the best man for the job. If they can't get uh, option A, option B, option C, then maybe Rich Passaccia is option D. Who knows? And you could uh, give him a one more shot. Is Derek Carr the right guy? No. Bring back a quarterback. No. I mean, he doesn't have a playoff win. A veteran, been in the league a long time. I know the bad break when he got hurt uh, the year they were going to uh, – they made the playoffs and they were going to have a bye. 2016. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but how about this? They, they put the, they showed this on the broadcast. I was not – how about all, um, this guy fumbles? He's a big-time fumbler. He's Dave Craig, this guy. But the Ed Warder tweet, car nine turnovers in the fourth quarter leads the NFL, and you saw how they put it up on NBC about how many times he's fumbled in his career. So as clutch as he's been at times, the ninth turnover in the fourth quarter overtime this season, including the playoffs, most by any player in the NFL, Warders tweet, courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. The most by any player in the NFL, right there. That's That's saying something. That's unacceptable for your quarterback. And, uh, you know, along with the good of Derek Carr, and we saw a lot of that in the first five weeks of the season, you're going to get some bad, too. And uh, that was uh, – Mm-hmm. exposed at the end of the game in Cincinnati. It's just unacceptable to spike the ball on first down and do what he did uh, with the poor decision on fourth down as well. Uh, he, you know, Dak Prescott made some poor decisions for the Dallas Cowboys, and they're out of the playoffs, and the same goes with Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. So I, I still think with Carr, and the, the bigger question is, if you don't move forward with him as your franchise quarterback, who do you get? It's the same thing with the coach and the quarterback. If you're going to move on past Passaccia, who do you get? you got to have a better option. If you're going to move on from Derek Carr, who do you get? you going to get Russell Wilson? I don't know. you got to have a better option out mm-hmm. there. And, Paul, you see there are not that many really good quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's going to be tough to find an upgrade from Derek Carr. Do you give – if you can't find the answers in the offseason, do you give Carr and Passaccia one more year and say, okay, you got one, one year to sink or swim? I'm not sure. That's a decision Mark Davis has got to make. I'd like to know – who the top candidates are for the coaching job, and can you get a guy like Russell Wilson? Let's say the Packers get knocked out of the playoffs next week as Aaron Rodgers went out of Green Bay. Can you make a bold move for a great quarterback like that? I think that's what's that's what it's going to take in the NFC or AFC West. And you got the Chiefs, yeah. the Chargers, the Broncos are going to get better. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The Raiders are going to have to do something bold if they want to continue to be a playoff team because that's, that's a tough division. This past Saturday... Justin uh, Herbert and the Chargers offensive line were out at a cabana at Stadium Swim at Circa. Okay? Those guys are going to be in the playoffs in the future. They're not going to be sitting out in Vegas at a pool party. So the Braiders are going to have to do something, I think, dramatic to get better. You can't think, well, we were 10-7. and We were good enough for a playoff team. What do you do next? That's a good point. The the other thing, yeah, so you're a playoff team and you can get just about anybody you want. It's a great job, uh, right. and the people ripping. While well, we had, to, we really need to put 
two more teams in the playoffs. The seven seeds got run out. Well, number should have been the Vikings, number one, because they couldn't win a close game all year. And the other one, they were here this weekend, the Chargers. That should have been another playoff team. So it was tough to see Ben go out that way, but that's that's how it worked out. And then we started with that game Saturday, and we finished with the game Saturday night. I mean, what <laughs> A-plus by Allen and the Bills. That's the number two defense in the league Buffalo did that against. No team in history had ever gone an entire game without punting, kicking a field goal, or turning the ball over. Buffalo didn't do any of those things. And then they just take the knee. Seven for seven to start. Seven possessions, seven touchdowns. And they run. I didn't see that coming. Well, it they number, destroyed the Patriots. It was number two defense in the league for season-long stats. In the last month, it was not the number two defense in the league. The Patriots went one and four in their last five games. Yep. And those four losses, they allowed 27, 33, 33, and 47 points. Uh, Bill Belichick, I hate to say it, did a really poor coaching job in the last month of the season. That defense was an embarrassment in Buffalo Saturday night. And you could see it right from the outset, Paul. We were sitting over at Bar Canada at the D. The, the Patriots' defense did not bring it at all on that first position, first uh, possession. They looked old and slow out there, and Josh Allen was doing anything he wanted. Historic performance. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, check out our free sports betting podcast, catch replays of all our shows, or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. They're all free and available now. VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on to next week. The, upda- the uh, new lines this weekend, and you won't believe what a book put up on a Green Bay game. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers, as you covered, they've launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast. Wherever you get your podcast, follow the money. Paulie Howard, Matt Humans, Mitch out sick. Uh, on to next week already, even though we have another playoff game coming up tonight. Uh, Bet Rivers, the early game Saturday. Titans are three and a half and 47 and a half against the Bengals. One book sent out two and a half. There are some fours out there as well. What say you? I thought it'd come four, four and a half. Yeah, I was really, really surprised by the opening number here last night. Uh... JVT and I do the opening line show here from Circa, and when the, the Titans opened two-and-a-half-point favorites, I said, lay the two-and-a-half if you like Tennessee. And even I thought pro betters would be laying the two-and-a-half with the Titans because you're going to have a chance to side or middle uh, that game. You know that number is going up. Uh, and that's what a lot of times when you talk about some of the pros who bet numbers, not teams, mm-hmm. you're going to lay two-and-a-half there knowing that you're going to have a chance to, at the worst, take back plus three on Cincinnati, if not three and a half, now we're seeing four. So if you grab, if you laid two and a half early, you got a great middle shot there. Here's the thing Good with point. Cincinnati right mm-hmm. now: the Bengals' defense is really banged up yes. on the defensive line, and I also wonder a little bit. Aside from the defense being banged up, it's a young team that just got its first playoff win. Are the Bengals just going to be happy to be here in this in this round? And I think the Titans, as the number one seed with Derrick Henry coming back, deserve to be. A little bit more than three-point favorites in this game. I, I thought the number would open three and a half. I'll agree with that assessment. Very fair. Uh, you, the, you exercise the demons. You get the first playoff win right. since 1991. Yep. Burrow's been hot. I think there'll be a lot of points scored. To your point, Adam Chernoff tweet, Cincinnati ranked 16th in rush success rate and 25th in run stop rate. First one of the easiest schedules of opposing rush offenses. Three starting defensive linemen left the game against the Raiders, and now you have Henry coming back as well. Now, 
how many downs can he play? How many carries does he get? Who knows? But the fact that you get the, the beast coming back, and it was a different offense with Brown, and you're going to be healthy with Tennessee. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Okay, the late game. Whew. Well, no breaking news. It's going to be cold. But Green one book put out, sent out Green Bay six and a half. Yeah, I thought that was high. I even thought five and a half was a little bit high. But, you know, I could see five or five and a half when you still have questions about Boza and Warner on the 49ers defense. If those guys aren't there, that's a huge setback to San Francisco on the defensive side. I think we're going to see both those guys. If I had to bet on it today, I'd say we're going to see both those guys on the field okay. wasn't uh, this that, weekend. Wasn't What's that long ago the 49ers won a playoff game in Lambeau? Yeah. We mentioned it's uh, just a 7-6 and six playoff run straight up for the Packers. It didn't work out last year. They got the one seed. But it's just it's the same song and dance. The 49ers can go to the Super Bowl if Jimmy doesn't turn it over. Mm-hmm. But if Jimmy turns it over, they can get run out. Or just I mean, how, how bad he can. And that's why Shannon, I think, continue running the ball. I mean, even even the end around to Samuel, that great play that was call. A great that, play call. Right, I thought he got the first down. You can't tell me no, that his knee. You could you could see the knee was down. Uh, once you rule that a first down on the field, should have been a first down, and they run the clock out. In any event, you just see how how much wep- how many weapons he has. And just how sick that running game is, mm-hmm. Mitchell, Ayuk, Samuel, whoever. I mean, Kill not even a big part of the offense and right. what they did offensively. So if Jimmy doesn't turn it over, and with a good with a good defense, good pass rush, can they put heat on Rodgers? Your point well taken about Bosa and Warner. Could Jimmy's they... probably going to turn it over. He's, he's probably yeah. going to have at least one turnover in this game. And as we were talking about Derek Carr, he threw a pick in five of the last six games. You, know, you can't do that yep. as a quarterback. Your team's not going to overcome those turnovers too often. Uh, but the Niners were able to do it against the Cowboys because Dak Prescott didn't play well. Aaron Rodgers is going to play a good game. And then one thing about Rodgers, he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't throw picks at home. He really doesn't throw picks anywhere. If you, It's astounding what he's done this season. Paul, I think he threw four picks the entire season, and two of them were in week one in that blowout loss to the Saints. Mm-hmm. Just think about how good he's been at uh, protecting the football. So... I thought it was interesting last night. Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook director, came on with us. He said the Packers are the only team in the NFL he gives a full three-point home and field advantage to when he's making a number. And he said on his raw numbers, the Packers actually came out as eight or eight-and-a-half-point favorites Mm. in this game, which you know he was a little surprised, thought that number was a little bit high. I think five-and-a-half is probably the right number here. Saw six-and-a-half, saw four-and-a-half, and... and, uh... Five at Bet Rivers, forty-seven and a half. This is a rematch. Week three, Green Bay won in San Francisco, thirty to twenty-eight. Jimmy played well, two fifty-seven, two touchdowns, and uh, Packers kicked the game-winning field goal uh, with three seconds left. Crosby from fifty-one, but that's I think special teams could decide this one. Uh, any thoughts on the, whoever wins tonight going to Tampa? No problems for Tom, even without Fournette. Uh, didn't matter who was playing running back, and uh, yeah. Evans wide open. But it just we knew this. We said that going in. Philly against teams with a winning record, and Philly against teams that made the playoffs. Yikes! That game plan stunk. What Philly did. You might want to take Ragor off punt returns as well. Horrible decision. Philly runs a uh, Philly runs a high school type of offense, and uh, that's one thing the Eagles are going to have to uh, rework their offensive philosophy in the offseason with Jalen Hurts, who threw two picks yesterday, but. How about the weather forecast? Can we talk about that for a second? All week we heard about <laughs> high winds and rain and yeah. how bad it was going to be and the totals dropping. Yep. And all of a sudden the steam and the sharp money's coming in on the Eagles side. And then when the game comes on, it's sunny and it looks like a typical uh, nice day in Tampa. What happened with the weather forecast? And is that why the Eagles were attracting money? Because that was the dead wrong side. 
And uh, you could tell that right from the get-go. The Buccaneers, despite wow. you know the losing Chris Godwin, uh, the clown Antonio Brown, and uh, the other things that have happened, they, they continue to coast, and Tom Brady's still playing at a really, really high level. Uh, I think... I think the the Buccaneers would probably prefer to face the Cardinals uh, next week, but at the same time, we're talking about a Cardinals team, and we'll break this game down later. They're eight and one straight up in ATS on the road this season. The Cardinals have been true road warriors, uh-huh. and they have a lot more confidence, and for some reason, play much better on the road. I would think the Buccaneers are going to be a little bit bigger favorites against the Cardinals than they would be against the Rams. Yep, misleading score, late touchdowns by Philly. The goat was terrific as well, and. Uh... It'll be a, a good game to start Sunday with the early game at noon Pacific. And then the late game, we were talking about this Saturday night. I said, I, the, I think the Chiefs will be three and a half. We knew they are going to beat the Steelers. Uh, Chiefs lane three and a half. You thought it would come two and a half, and it is two and a half. The Bet Rivers, one book open, two. Fifty-four and a half the total. This is also a rematch. When Buffalo went into Arrowhead on that Sunday night uh, and destroyed them as well. What a matchup here at two great quarterbacks. This biggest game of Josh Allen's career, uh, no question about it. He just, he's coming off a five-touchdown performance against the Patriots, but this is a game. Prove it. Uh, can you go on the road, beat Patrick Mahomes and the mm-hmm. Chiefs, and get over the hump and get to a Super Bowl? So this is going to be a, a defining game, I think, for Josh Allen. Do you, do you have regret for giving me the Bills in plus oh. three? And that bet we made right. uh, for a dinner Saturday night, you gave me the Bills and three and a half points, and seeing this number at two and a half, you got to be a little bit surprised. You gave me an extra point, <laughs> I did. and we crossed a key number. <laughs> that, yes, <laughs> I did. Well, then I got to I got to tune in last night and see Mahomes pick apart the Steelers <laughs> right. and do whatever he wanted with all the touchdown passes uh-huh. and, and 400 yards, right. too. So, uh, as I mentioned, the rematch and also the rematch of the AFC title game last year, too. Uh, it was 38-20 to 20 yeah. in the first meeting. Mahomes had two interceptions. Uh, there was a pick six in that game, and Buffalo was uh, was tremendous as well. But this, you know, I'll tell you what's interesting. Uh, you mentioned you ripped Kellen Moore, and rightfully so. How about Dable? Because you go back and look at this. Uh, Pro Football Talk had this. What a difference six weeks makes. After losing to the Patriots on Monday Night Football, McDermott was asked about Dable. Is he doing a good enough job to set this offense up for success? He said plenty of things. It was a long answer. At no point, McDermott said yes. And now right. they look out, and they just destroyed Belichick and, and again, played Belichick and didn't have to punt right. what happened. So this guy is going to be a hot candidate, too. But that's, cool. oh, what a match. I do like the Chiefs, though. I do like the Chiefs Sunday night. I also think McDermott was probably still a little bit uh, ticked off about that game at Jacksonville, you know, un- unhappy with the way his offense was performing. Think yeah. about that. November 7th. The, uh, the Bills went to Jacksonville and lost that game 9-6 to as a 16-point favorite, so that was embarrassing. Uh, this Bills team's been really inconsistent. I, we, you know, we call Josh Allen a volatile quarterback. He's up and down. He was up last week. Is he going to be up? Can he do it back-to-back weeks? That's why I think this is a defining game for Josh Allen. If he can do this back-to-back weeks against the Patriots and the Chiefs, uh, then I think a lot of the critics have to, to quiet down. Brian Dable, by the way, uh, one of the hottest names, he's going to get a head coaching job. It's mm-hmm. going to happen for him, whether it's Minnesota, Chicago, somebody's going to hire him, and uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. We'll ask Michael Lombardi where he's likely headed, but don't you think he's going to get a head coaching Absolutely. job? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, update, a home team's 4-1 and one ATS. Also, remember this round? Pick the winner. Who's going to win the game? Yeah. Cash the ticket, 5-0. and oh. yep. That's a 53-7-1 run in this round. Pick the winner, cash the ticket, and that happened. When the road team wins, it goes under in this round. 22-6-2 underrun. 25 of the last 34 have gone under 
in this round. In this round, home favorites of seven or more, 15 and two straight up, 13 and four ATS since 2005. So a lot of those trends came in that we talked about Thursday and Friday on the show. Uh, in the three-six matchup, 16-3 and one underrun. That split. I, I can't believe Buffalo's performance. That thing was over in the first. It's like they're not stopping. Them. They are not stopping them in this one. Right. We have a lot to recap. So many big tickets cashed. All the props. All the uh, the big moves with the, everything that happened in the playoff games. And an incredible blackjack run from Joe the Book. Straight ahead on Fall the Money. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Win Some, Lose Some is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in Win Some, Lose Some. All right, here we go. Oh, all the props and 250 different ways to bet all these playoff games. Uzama, first touchdown, 12 to 1 for the Bengals. First score of the game, Raiders field goal, plus 420. Both teams score in the first quarter. That's a good prop. Uh, plus 155. That cashes. Bourne, two touchdowns, 35 to 1. Bourne, last touchdown, 17 to 1. Outline, Bills minus 10 and a half, plus 220. The game over 51 and a half. That was 3 to 1. This, these are pending, and this is great. Team to score the most points. Bills 12 to 1. Highest scoring game, New England Buffalo, 12 to 1. There were 64 points scored in the Buffalo game. There were 63 scored in the Kansas City game. Yeah, the, wow. That, that Buffalo game had a total of around 44. Nobody thought that would be the highest scoring game. Yeah, good good odds there. Missed extra point plus 220. 
two of them in the Buffalo game by Bass. More on that coming up. Uh, Bengals to win between 7 and 12 points, 4-1 to one at Bet Rivers. Chiefs to win by 21, 5-1. to one. Bills to win by 30 points, 20-1. to one. Buccaneers win between 13 and 18 points, plus 420. Knox, this is a popular play, and why not? Knox, first touchdown, 14-1. to one. Allen said he was throwing the ball away and wasn't even looking. Afterward, he heard the crowd yell, what the crowd, what's the crowd screaming about? Oh, he caught a touchdown. Yeah, two <laughs> touchdowns for Knox, 25-1. to one. Singletary, two touchdowns, 7-1. to one. Bernard, first touchdown, 15-1. to one. Gainwell, last touchdown, 40-1. to one. Mitchell, first touchdown, 7-1. to one. 49ers score first and win, plus 270. Dak Prescott, last touchdown, 20-1. to one. Defensive touchdown in the Steelers-Chiefs game. Yes, plus 250. What the hell was that play? And was it William? I don't think he got back on the field, but Will- Williams then picks it up and tries to run with it, and then he fumbles, and they but come on. What are you doing? Sometimes they get too cute. Right. I mean, the, Kel- the Kelsey thing as well. Which, we'll talk about that coming. Uh, for Steelers defense scores the first touchdown, 17-1. to That flies over, and the first quarter was scoreless. That got as low as 36 and a half in play. Yeah, that's crazy. You've watched the first quarter. You would have thought that game was going to be a dead under. Paul Charchian, well done. Went three and one with his props. You know, I thought when he was on with us, uh, that was Friday. Sometimes a guest comes on and makes a really good case for all his plays. And uh, I really, I thought he made a strong case for all four plays and it, and it played out that way. Yes, I thought he should have got, he should have went four and oh as well. Uh, the game playing with the Eagles was uh, baffling. Uh, Saturday in hockey. NHL favorites went 12-1. and In the one chalk they got beat, Edmonton blew a third-period lead. Chris Otto at PSU Otto on Twitter. He went 9-0 and on Friday night. He's great with all the totals. First period, second period, third period in hockey and tweets out. He went 9-0 and as well. Uh, how about what happened in Colorado? Colorado was laying $7. Had to win in a shootout. Right. Right. And then they were four fifty. They opened four dollars the next night on the road and won five nothing, no problem. But that we got we had a some one one person said they saw seven forty in a hockey game. That's the highest I've ever seen. Have, huh. you, have you seen anything higher? No. We just had a six dollar earlier this year with Montreal. All those guys out with uh, who they played Carolina, Florida, whoever it was. But yeah, a seven dollar favorite in hockey. UFC eight of the ten fights went the distance. Cater by decision. Four to one. Collier by submission, twelve to one. Also to win in round one, eight to one. Roy Vall by decision, five to one. Northwestern money line Saturday plus three fifty. They beat Michigan State. How about that? Yeah, that Big was win. that's a bad loss for the Spartans. And the officials tried to bail out Michigan State at the end, but uh, didn't work. Big win for the Purple Cats on the road in the East Lansing. Magic money line Friday night, five to one. Mm-hmm. They beat the Hornets on the road. Also, McKinnon anytime touchdown, six to one. And uh, the Sharp Place tweeted this out. It's been a while since we mentioned Mr. Poison. He had a big Sunday. He had three hundred twenty-eight thousand on Tampa Bay money line, hundred fifteen thousand minus the seven. 126,000 on Tampa first half money line as well. He's very good in football, but uh, we've mentioned him for three, four years on this show. Uh, go the other way when he's on a uh, hot, anything other than a NFL. Well, with, he just uh, picked Mr. up poison. He just picked up about 600,000. He did, yeah, 500,000. So he's feeling pretty good. Uh huh. And and when some Joe the bookie, great guy here. Uh, we, we hung out with him all weekend. He's at Circa, and he's playing blackjack. 
uh, for much of the weekend. He's great. I mean, sometimes he's not even looking at his hand. He's talking around, talking to me. He's just they oh, double down. Every time I sat down with the guy, he won. It's incredible. So I, I we had we hung out with him Saturday, and he he wakes up Saturday morning, and he's all groggy, and he's trying to put the pieces together of the night because he was drinking heavily. Right, it's Las Vegas. Let's get loose. So he's going through his phone as he wakes up. He's looking. He's like going through his pictures, and he sees a picture where he's at the cage. It's like five, six thousand dollars in chips he has right there. He goes, "What happened?" He got, he was inebriated, and he won five grand playing blackjack. I mean, how many, now the opposite's supposed to happen, especially with me. You go out, you're hug, <laughs> you, you, you can't, you're piecing the night together. You don't usually drink. It's, you don't drink. I that know. Much. No, but you, in the past though, but you, you usually find ATM receipts, and you're like, bank state. Well, wait, 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 I don't have any chips or any money. All I have is what's going on. Joe doesn't. Where's my car? <laughs> Joe, Joe remembers huh? nothing, and yeah. he won five thousand dollars playing blackjack. Joey, the bookie from Baton Rouge, uh, said that he can't remember one hand he played <laughs> from that night, and he walked. Away with about five thousand dollars, so I will say it was a win some, lose some. He'll be he'll be okay because he won all that money playing blackjack. But he did take a tough loss on golf yesterday. I had Hideki Matsuyama eighteen to one. Good good call. Joey back. had Russell Henley thirty five to one. Henley had a five stroke lead at the turn, and Hideki hunted him down and won in a playoff. So that was a tough one for yep. Joey the bookie, but he still had a big weekend. You are unbelievable with that golf. Well done. We were at the ceremony Friday, the check ceremony, with the Circa contest winners. Mark Perlman, who had a great appearance on the show, he was one of the uh, $5 million winners. He won, uh, wins some. He wanted to give a lot of credit to his proxy. Twice when he was in Vegas planning to enter his selections himself, he had trouble logging in. He called his proxy, who swooped in and got the picks in just before the deadline. That's from uh, Jim Barnes, who tweeted that out. What a story. There was another contestant that won. Five times he won with last-second field goals throughout the season to win the money as well. Lose some. Listen, you mentioned it, but it was was a a big group that loved the Eagles this year and bet them and steamed them up much of the season. And from eight and a half down to seven, not even close. Routed in Tampa. Also lose some. How about that prop we talked about? The non-quarterback to throw a touchdown pass. The no was minus $3. I couldn't believe the price. Playing the game. Kelsey, the dog and pony show. Kelsey throws a touchdown. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, the Chiefs, Wait, Chiefs went deep into the playbook yeah. last night. Yeah. Uh, bad beats. Raiders, Bengals over. Eight field goals. And longest field goal was 47 and a half. That stayed under. You get eight field goals. You can't. The longest one was 47. You can't get one of them to go over 47 and a half, and the game stays under with eight field goals. Yeah, but this last one. Okay, we're a bar Canada at the D. Yes. And I know you bet the Derek Carr interception prop. We get down to fourth down. What happens? Last play of the game by the Raiders. Derek Carr throws a pick, and Paul Howard cashes. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Can you believe <laughs> Doesn't it? Doesn't get more dramatic than that. No, no. Number one. It's the final play. Number two, he throws it short. <laughs> Not incomplete. And somehow the Bengals emerge from the pile with the ball. Great and catch that, by the linebacker. Yes, it was. And that prop cashes. Missed. This is still pending. But William Hill Caesars had this. Missed extra points prop for all six games. It was two and a half. Bass missed two. And then he had a double doink on another one. That went through. Yeah. yeah. He almost cast the ticket himself. Yeah. Boy, that, that's that's cause for concern Sunday. This guy's got the yips. He should have missed three extra points. Yeah. And I thanks to the viewer who sent this in. Did you see this Friday night? 
The total in the Orlando-Charlotte game was 223, 224 in that range, uh, 225. Down 10 at half court with the ball. Rozier threw it in from half court. Count it. Nothing but net. He threw it in to put it on 225. They're down 10. He didn't dribble it out. He just chucks it from half court and he nails it. You've got to be kidding me. That lands on 225, 116 to 109. Yeah, no reason to throw up the shot. No. And it goes in. Oh, man. And one, one, yeah, one lose some. The Bulls. They got destroyed by the Nets, and then they Golden State hammered them too. What happened with Chicago? Right, look at that. They were the first conference leader to lose consecutive games by an average of 30 points since they went to two conferences in 1970. Well, ESPN stats and info. I tell you what, the Bulls had a bad couple days, and so did the Lakers. Yeah, they did. Wow. They're in action tonight, too. We'll ask Aaron Running about that coming up. Win some, lose some. Presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown book. Log in, get a 20% live profit boost every day of the Australian Open. Learn more at BetRivers.com. He was hot and heated and fired up. Michael Lombardi, the recap, everything that happened with the five games, and we preview Monday Night Football as well. Jimmy Vaccaro, bookmaker, still to come. Aaron running on the MLK Day card with all the association. Follow the money, Polly Howard, Matt Human, straight ahead. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.